Hey guys, after the bumper music at the end of the show, please stay tuned for a special feature. Greetings, people of Earth. You have stumbled upon Voluntucky, the podcast that is all about creating a voluntarist world in Kentucky. And when I say Kentucky, I am referring to the geographic location, not the boundaries and territory of a particular set of thugs. Podcasts with a libertarian slash anarcho-capitalist perspective are already very different from other podcasts, but this one will be different even among them, because I am not here as a commercial for voluntarism. I am not here to change your mind or to convince you that voluntarism is the way to go. I am here to speak to those who already understand this. Welcome to episode 24. Today I'm going to be talking about transcendental liberty, but before I get into the main topic, I just want to start off with an apology to everyone for not getting a show put out last week. The reason the show didn't happen last week is because I walked out the door and left my laptop on my kitchen island and was too far from home before I remembered it to do anything about it. I briefly made an attempt at it with the technology I had on hand with my cell phone, and that might have turned out okay if I had decided to finish it. But I'll be honest with you, I am not very good at all at doing a a monologue off the cuff. But I I can pull it off reasonably well if I have really good notes at hand. And if I had had the ability to create those notes with a Word document, I probably would have given it a shot. But I didn't have a Word program. And creating a Word document is the only way I have found to organize my thoughts into something that's going to make sense to people who don't live inside my head. (laughs) Uh, My mind jumps around a lot, and I'll have three or four analogies in mind to explain a particular idea that I'm talking about, so it comes off like I'm comparing apples to cinder blocks if, (laughs) if I can't organize those thoughts piece by piece for the listener. And I couldn't, so I didn't. (laughs) And I also didn't have the Audacity app uh, nor the audacity of character to try to make a show without it. <laughs> there was no audacity of any kind in sight. I was audacityless. <laughs> it's a word. I just made it up. <laughs> and uh, so I've been straight up spoiled to the technology I use to put the show together. And if I had forced a show together last week, I'm afraid it would not have been worth listening to. So. Uh, I think of there basically being uh, two different styles of podcast, Uh, and on one end of the spectrum, you've got like the highly polished ones that are complete with sound effects and background music and are designed to deliver the perfect ambiance to the story or the message, and on the other end, you have those podcasts where there isn't even intro music, and the guy just starts talking off the top of his head about whatever comes to mind and doesn't even care to edit down the 23 seconds of total silence tick talk (laughs) while he's putting his thoughts together (laughs) and without the proper technology 
that guy is potentially me. And I have more respect for your time and appreciation for your attention uh, th- than to put you through that. <laughs> I think of this podcast as uh, time that you and I spend hanging out together. Like, you're coming over to my place or I'm coming over to your place. And it's not formal. And I don't want it to feel like there's uh, rules and etiquette. Um, these highly polished shows are like answering the door in a tuxedo. (laughs) Like you're just there to witness a performance that doesn't really involve you. (laughs) Your opinion isn't sought or considered. Uh, You're there to observe. And, And there's a time and a place for those kinds of shows, but that's not this show. I want you to feel like you came over to the house and I meet you on the porch in a t-shirt and jeans with a cold drink in hand and say, come on in. Uh, no big expectations. I mean, we, we discuss business here, but that's not all we discuss. And it doesn't need to feel like a board meeting. Uh, if I went through with putting out a show last week, it would have been like answering the door in my underwear. <laughs> and no amount of explaining why I didn't have clothes to wear would have made it not be weird. <laughs> So, uh, I made the decision to just not answer the door, which is only slightly less embarrassing. It's like, you invited me over, let me in. (laughs) And I said, nope. (laughs) Um, I also have this fear that you're going to think that I'm getting podcast weary, like uh, you see happen with most shows where uh, new episodes just keep getting fewer and further between until they eventually just stop. And I don't want you to start thinking that's the case here. It's not. Okay? So, I'm so sorry for not getting a show out last week. Okay, I'm done with that. (laughs) I hope to make up for my absence last week with an especially good show today. I've had this topic in mind for a while, and I don't do the deeply philosophical shows all the time because I know that the, the nuts and bolts of the project are what most people are looking to hear. But the philosophy is the most important part in the end, and the deeply intellectual shows are really my favorite shows to do. So let's set aside the how to do it for today and talk a little bit more about why to do it. Um, Today we're talking the concept of transcendence. The notion of transcendence is one of those things that can be explained in one sentence, but you really have to experience it to know what it is. Because you can't see it coming at you. You only see it after it passes. And if you're wondering what in the hell I'm talking about, then you are yet to experience it. (laughs) The best way I've ever heard transcendence described came from Bruce Lee, who said, Before you learn Kung Fu, a punch is just a punch and a kick is just a kick. Once you begin learning Kung Fu, you become aware that a punch is no longer just a punch and a kick is no longer just a kick. But once you've mastered Kung Fu, once again, a punch is just a punch and a kick is just a kick. So, in short, it has become so natural to you because you understand every intricate piece of each strike that that you may as well have been born with it. And it's the same way once you transcend liberty. Transcending is not leaving behind uh, liberty or abandoning it. It's quite the opposite. It means it's in every cell and every atom of your body. It becomes as natural as breathing. 
And we, we know about muscle memory. We use it every day. I'm sure you can tie your shoes without looking and you find the light switch in the dark because it's where it's always been. Well, your brain develops a type of muscle memory too called neural pathways. And they, they develop like ruts in a, in a well-traveled dirt road. It's the reason why you remember words to songs that you haven't heard in years. And uh, it's why whenever you smell a certain smell, it reminds you of certain people or places where you smelled that smell before. I guess you could say even muscle memory is coming from the brain because the brain controls the muscles. So it's easy to find ourselves in ruts in a, a road that we just stay in because it's easier to stay in them than it is to make the extra effort to dig out. So what does it mean to transcend liberty? It means having put in the hard work to dig your way out of the ruts of your old ways of looking at and reacting to things. And now you no longer just wish you didn't have rulers. You realize that you already don't have rulers and you never did. If rulers exist in your mind, then authority exists in your mind. And I don't mean you abstractly understand the definition of authority. We can all do that. I mean authority still exists in your mind as a legitimate concept. And if you're still running around worrying about how corrupt involuntary government is, yeah, guess what? There's corrupt people in the world. Surprise! There's always going to be. So stop creating the ladder that they climb by playing along with their pretend game. There's no reason to ever get upset at any news you ever hear about what the state is thinking about doing. Do you get upset when you see four-year-olds playing house wrong? No, because you realize they're pretending. So are the people in Washington, D.C. and Frankfort, Kentucky. They're all pretending. Transcending liberty means that when a cop approaches you or pulls you over, you tend to want to treat them exactly as you would treat any individual because you're not playing his pretend game. That also means that you don't necessarily have to start out in dickhead mode because you probably wouldn't start out in dickhead mode with any other individual either. But you should see him as any other stranger who flagged you down and be like, uh, the fuck's up with you? Like, this better be important. You flagged me down and made me pull over. What the hell's up? <laughs> and if a stranger came up to you and said, uh, there's just been a crime with an actual victim committed. Uh, do you mind helping me? Odds are you'd say, yeah, absolutely. And if you found out that, whoa, yeah, that description does kind of sound like me, let me help assure you it wasn't me by providing my ID. But if a stranger comes up to you and says, hey, how you doing there, buddy? You got an ID on you? Where are you heading to? Where are you coming from? Your first inclination is going to be to wonder who the fuck this guy is and why he wants to know all this. But that's not to say that treating him like he's just a regular individual is necessarily the smartest way to deal with a cop. I covered that back a few shows when I talked about being smart versus being right. 
But why isn't it smart? Because this guy is a member of a very powerful organization who has a history of getting violent and also has the ability to bring backup within a few minutes. But once that illusion is gone that had you thinking, this is someone to respect as your owner. Your will is not your own. Do what he says, and that makes you a good person. <laughs> once you let go of that, that's when you'll really understand the exact reason why you're not telling him to fuck off. It's not respect that's keeping you polite. It's because his very presence represents a clear and present danger to you. That's fear, not respect. And it's smart to have that fear for now. Maybe one day you'll have just as much power behind you or even more if the Voluntucky Project is successful and treating him like any other individual can become the smart thing to do as well as the right thing to do. That's how you transcend the fear of involuntary government. Transcendence is always a, a third step in the process of learning. Step one of learning is taking in rudimentary knowledge of things that seem self-evident. I'm hungry, I want food. I'm tired, I want to sleep. When I'm too hot, I want to cool off. When I'm too cold, I want to warm up. But that gets frustrating really fast because you don't understand the underlying parameters. Your, your mind thinks, why don't I have food in front of me immediately once I said I wanted food? <laughs> why doesn't the temperature instantly change to make me comfortable? <laughs> so you begin the second phase of learning where you realize that those things happen as a result of human effort, not because you will them to. That well, somebody has to get the food and prepare the food and, and adjust the thermostat or get a blanket or make a blanket. <laughs> then you learn that food and food preparation and HVAC systems and blankets cost money. And it's good to understand, but this is about as far as most people get with their understanding and they think they're done. They know very basic cause and effect. They never reach the third, the third step of transcendence in learning anything. Transcendence is when you arrive right back at the beginning, but with a whole new perspective. Most people fall so in love with the idea that they could maybe, possibly uh, create things by sheer will without getting their hands dirty, that, that they never let go of that notion. They, they learn to exist and trod through life with sheer dread in their hearts when it comes to accepting the second phase of learning, so they begrudgingly participate in the cause and effect that lets them have the things they want or need. But their minds are stuck in this state of longing for an idyllic fantasy world that never existed. That's why they play the lottery. That's why they lose their minds and obsess over sports or politics. That's why they spend their whole lives planning on planning on doing something and occasionally make it to the plan itself. And even sometimes they carry out that plan. But they can't transcend to the third level of understanding because somewhere deep down they're still bitter about the fact that they have to do it at all. Thank God it's Friday. Oh God, it's Monday. That's their life. If they ever 
can find a way to let go of that dread and bitterness over the way things are, then this is what they're going to realize, that the work is the thing. That energy they put into getting that dollar or that unit of a representation of value is the food in your belly and the roof over your head and the, the dream car you've always wanted. If you didn't make enough to buy the dream car, then there's only one reason for that. You haven't created that much value for other people or you haven't stolen it from someone who has. That's when you start to think about your worth in the marketplace and how to improve yourself and become worth more with the skills you have to deliver real value to other people. Only after that value has been created can it be stolen by people who do nothing. But that's the source. So yeah, here's the key point of this episode. The way you arrive at the transcendental phase is by letting go of the first phase of learning. You can't step forward into the third box until you pull one foot out of the first box. It's accepting fully that you can't just will things into existence. Knowing this truth is what will slingshot you into the transcendental phase once you pull your back foot out of that first box and move it into the third. And here's where you're going to end up right back where you started. (laughs) When you were very young, you originally wanted to create the things you wanted by simply wanting them. We all did that. It's called being a baby. Transcendence is when letting go of that possibility allows you to realize that creating things with your will is exactly how you get those things. You do, in fact, will them into existence. (laughs) But now, even though you know that will is where it all stems from, you also understand that there are a couple steps in between the will and its material reflection in the form of real-world objects and conditions. It's still a matter of will. All you're talking about now is how much will, how bad do you want it? What are you willing to do to get it? Now you're able to understand how deeply you have to dig for those goals. And you're afraid, just as I am, just as everybody else is, that maybe you make a huge sacrifice, an outpouring of energy, only to have attained something that, looking back, wasn't quite worth the price. And the truth is, we don't know how it's going to turn out. All you'll ever have are possibilities that things might happen if you put in the work and guarantees that they won't happen if you do nothing. Those are your only choices. But there are no guarantees anywhere that it will happen despite the amount of work that you're willing to put into it. That's the way things are. But what am I talking about specifically? Well, for me, it's the Voluntucky Project. Who knows what it is for you? But think about it. I once believed that rights were dependent upon the majority opinion. Now, now that's not how I thought of it. That's not how any status thinks of it. But that is, in reality, what they believe. That's why they vote. So 
I started in phase one of statism, and then I stepped into phase two, where I realized that if everyone on earth believed that one plus one equals three, that doesn't make it true. And individual rights are as fundamental as one plus one equals two. I began to understand that the truth of reality is not about popular opinion. That there's no such thing as a collective and that society doesn't have opinions or traits of any kind. Only individuals have traits and opinions. So I stepped out of that first box and into the second, but it took me a long time to pull my back foot out of that first box. I couldn't step into the third box until I was completely able to let go of the notion that I needed a majority to agree with me in order to have the world I wanted. Once I was able to let go of that, to pull my back foot out of that first box, I immediately stepped into the third transcendental box. And I understood that the only way to have the world I wanted was to find those who also want the same world and join forces with them to create it. And so, once again, I am depending on a large group of people to help me achieve my goal. I'm right back where I started, but with a new understanding. The three steps that get you to transcendence are the same. Uh, they apply to understanding anything at all. Letting go of the first phase is how you reach the third. And the third is so remarkably similar to the first that you're going to wonder how the hell you missed it. <laughs> so yeah, the way you will things into existence is by accepting that you can't will things into existence. The way you escape the need for other people to agree with you is by finding other people who agree with you. <laughs> and when you say those things out loud, they don't seem to make sense, but that's how transcendental truth works. It's always a paradox. The sum doesn't seem logical, but somehow all of the parts work when they're connected with the part in front and the part behind them. And ta-da! <laughs> Six impossible things before breakfast. Uh, I'm trying like hell here, but... I. I I know that it's not something that can be really be explained with words. It has to be experienced like a new flavor. Uh, those who will want to take part in the Voluntucky Project, at least at first, uh, are going to be those who have already transcended their love of liberty. I think if you're a U.S.-born person who was raised in the U.S., then liberty is probably at the heart of your core philosophy uh, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum or even if you're not on the political spectrum at all. And yes, I know it's part of the doctrine of Republicans and Democrats for each of them to believe that the opposing team doesn't really want liberty for everyone but only for themselves. That's what they both believe and they're both right. <laughs> but that's not the subject matter for today. Today, uh, I just want to say that Everyone in the mainstream and everyone outside the mainstream believes that they know what liberty truly is and that everyone else is wrong. Let's just take time to understand that as the state of the world as we currently know it. 
if you don't at least see all the different reasons why every group believes that their group is the one with all the right answers, including voluntarists, then I'm afraid you don't really understand what makes voluntarism different. The reason you should have already come to the conclusion that voluntarism is the way to go before you ever listened to this show is because you've taken the time to psychologically walk a mile in the shoes of all of the mainstream perspectives and hopefully a few of the not-so-mainstream perspectives. No matter what your point of view is, if you've never taken the time to suspend your own beliefs, even about voluntarism, and put them on the shelf for just a moment and allow for the possibility that your beliefs are wrong, then you will never see transcendence. You'll never see transcendence in any area of knowledge that you're not willing to suspend everything you believe about that same area of knowledge. It's not good enough to be right. You have to know why you're right. You were right about manipulating the matrix with your mind when you were an infant, too. You just didn't know why you were right. You were missing a couple steps. And if you do this and you go through all this effort and hard work of letting go of your beliefs and it turns out that you didn't actually need to change your beliefs that you held before, that you were right all along, then you might think that that was all a waste of time, but it's not. Because that's the moment of transcendence. Your beliefs have just gone from making sense on paper to embedding themselves into your DNA. And we never plan on changing our point of view. It always catches us by surprise, like I said earlier. We never see it approaching. We only see change from behind after it has passed. That's because the new way of understanding didn't become the truth in the moment that you understood it. It was always the truth. The truth didn't change. You changed. We have to process a lot of new information in the early years of life, but as time goes on, we do less seeking out new information and more reprocessing and reformulating what we already know through different lenses. Uh, being given a new angle or perspective on how to process old information is only possible if you've not already considered that angle before and allowed for it to be true so that you were able to eventually see the holes in it and to see the reasons why it might not be true. If you've never done this, but you're still a voluntarist, then you have used the same criteria to decide what you believe that those in the mainstream have used to decide what they believe. You've chosen from a menu that someone else wrote. And voluntarism just happened to reach you before you ever considered and fully understood all the mainstream political philosophy. You're still stuck in phase two in that second block of understanding with one foot still in phase one. You're still focused on the what and not the why. But if you've ever only for just a little while been able to say that you know why Republicans choose to be Republicans and why Democrats choose to be Democrats, then and only then are you ready to consider voluntarism. And that's when you'll be able to fully understand it because that's the only way you can see the willful blind spots that are required to continue in the mainstream beliefs. 
Okay. Have we had fun skipping down the rabbit trail today? <laughs> Can you imagine trying to put a show like this together without the ability to organize your notes and move key points around into a construct <laughs> where things fit together? Uh, I tell you, I really have no idea how ancient philosophers did it. Actually, yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, they made a lot of mistakes. That's how they did it. <laughs> we tend to forget their mistakes and only remember the things they said that still make sense after hundreds or thousands of years. Uh, I spent a lot of years filling up yellow pads uh, by just following ideas as a stream of consciousness with, with an ink pen in my hand in, in the order that those ideas came to me. And then I would go back and read them months or even years later and see all the contradictions in my own thoughts when I would take individual points and compare them to others. And I would realize that quite often each point seemed to hold water until I compared it to the time I made the exact opposing point with what I thought was rock-solid reason. And I was forced to argue with myself because there was no way... I was going to put this much work into distilling my own philosophy only to wind up believing bullshit. Life's too short to walk around with toilet paper on your shoe, even if everyone else also has toilet paper on your shoe. And if you write your thoughts down or if you record your thoughts, then you can't just pretend you didn't have them. <laughs> it makes you look at yourself and go, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> And when I finally learned to discount the opinions of those who would disparage me for seeming smart because I don't celebrate their stupidity with them, that's when the world comes alive with possibilities. Not guarantees, but possibilities. And I'll get down off my soapbox now and let's gravitate back to, to the nuts and bolts and the how-to of the Voluntucky Project. Uh, if you're already there, if the things I talked about today had you thinking, yeah, no shit, tell me something I don't already know. You weren't blown away. Nothing was profound here. Um, if that's you, but you're not yet a subscriber to the show, I got to ask, what the hell is going on? Why not? <laughs> if you've already undergone the distillation process, then you're who the success of the Voluntucky Project is dependent on. All of the philosophy is just pissing in the wind until it actually manifests into something tangible in the real world. That's what the Voluntucky Project is, the manifestation of that philosophy. The short-term goal for the project is to have 100 subscribers on the website when that happens, those subscribers will receive an invite to a free workshop in Somerset, Kentucky, where the first community memberships will be initiated. As of right now, there are 10 subscribers and 866 downloads. And even though it's expected that that number will grow pretty slowly because the project is something that definitely ain't for everybody, it still does need to grow. And that growth is dependent on you sharing links to the podcast and to the voluntucky.com website with every single voluntarist and anarchist friend you have. Because no one can subscribe until they know the project exists. Let's make sure everyone knows it exists so they can decide whether or not it's for them. 
I hope you've enjoyed one of the more philosophical episodes of the Voluntucky Podcast, the podcast that's all about creating a voluntarist world in Kentucky. And I'll talk to you again real soon. Hold up. For those of you who think you'd rather hear the authentic version of the show without all the editing, I've included everything that I've edited out of today's show. Enjoy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's show for a special feature. Please stay tuned for a special feature at the end of today's show. Uh, uh, you know, I think I, I think of podcast as on two different uh, s- uh, styles. I think of there basically being uh, two different styles of podcast. Uh, it's the reason why you remember songs uh, or words to songs that you haven't heard. And also has the ability to bring up uh backup and also has the ability to bring backup within a few minutes maybe one day you'll have just as much maybe one day you'll have just as much power behind you or even more if the voluntucky project is successful cost money and this it's good to understand but this is about as far as most people get but that's the source. <coughs> so yeah, here's the here's the key point of this episode. It's the Voluntucky project. Who knows who knows what it is for you. I was able to let go of that to pull my back foot out of that first box. Once I was able to let go of that, to pull my back foot out of that first box, the three steps that get you to transcend the three steps that get you to transcendence are the same. And the third is remarkably similar. And the third is so remarkably similar to the first that you're going to wonder how the hell you missed it. Let's just take time to understand that. Let's just take time to understand that as the state of the world as we currently know it. You were missing a couple steps. And if and if you do this and you go through all this effort, the truth didn't change. You changed. Then and only then are you ready ready to consider voluntarism. And, and when I finally learned to discount the opinions of those who would disparage me f- for seeming smart, and when I finally learned to discount the opinions of those who would disparage me for seeming smart, the nuts and bolts of the project are what most people are looking to hear. But 
the philosophy is the most important part. Now, aren't you glad I edit? <laughs>